The Lord be with you. Welcome to our Maundy Thursday service at Grace Lutheran Church, and it's Maundy Thursday for 2020, the year of the pandemic, COVID-19, the coronavirus. And what it's done is it's separated us. And as people of God, usually it's what we do, what we can do, but as a people of God, today it's more of what we refrain from doing, from coming together to stop the dreaded disease. But that can't keep us apart, really, because we have means by which we can speak to one another, that we can be together over online. And so tonight's service is online. And it is Maundy Thursday in, rev- in remembrance. And you know, one of the wonderful things about Maundy Thursday is the name, Maundy Thursday. It comes from a Latin word. Its root is the Latin word mandamus, or law, command. And we remember that Jesus gave a command tonight. Most years... We focus on his, his command or his offer, take and eat, take and drink. But before the taking and eating and drinking was um, this command and this washing. So we'll begin with our gospel lesson for tonight, John 13, 1 through 17, and then 33 to 34. It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go up to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my head, but my hands and my head, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well, Jesus answered. A person who has been, had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. You are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he had said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. 
Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told you the Jews, I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Love one another as I, has loved, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Please bow your heads with a word of prayer for me, with me. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our salvation. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us today. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. What an amazing scene. I mean, I love this picture, this painting up here. Um, it's just beautiful because there we have Jesus in this act of washing his disciples' feet. And, and when you think about it, it's not just a passive washing where, where he just sort of pours some water over them. Jesus is washing their dirty feet. He's taking his hands and the water and rubbing their feet and getting rid of all of the dirt and then drying them. What an act. What an amazing thing. He does it out of love. I mean, I think you, you think about this. You think about washing feet. I think back to my son, Jonathan, when he was a baby. And when you give your baby a bath, and then you take their feet and you lovingly just soap them up and wash them, and they're so cute. They're so beautiful. And then when he's old, as he grew, and you continue to wash them, and it's like, it's, it's, it's a it's just one of those, it's a privilege for you as a parent. This child that can't do it for themselves, you wash their feet. I would take no such pleasure now that he's 30-some years old. It's not something that I would do at the best of times. But yet, here is Jesus. He kneels down in front of his disciples, each one of them as they're reclining on a table, and he washes their feet. 
What an amazing thing. And then you have Peter, I won't let you do this. I mean, you're my teacher. I confess that you are the son of God. You're not going to wash my feet. But here's Jesus. He says, but you have to let me. This is what I'm here. This is my love. This is how I express my love to you. You have to let me. It's not about what you want, Peter. It's not about what you do, Peter. It's what I must do for you. For in the washing and the scrubbing of his feet, of Peter's feet and the 11 others, including Judas, Jesus points to what will happen tomorrow on Good Friday, where by his suffering and his innocent death, he will wash their souls. He will wash their being, their most inner being, and clean it as white as snow. You have to let Jesus do that for you. He's the one that comes and initiates. He's the one that says, I want to wash you. And in humble submission, he washes us out of love, out of this deep, deep, deep love. And you know, here's the amazing thing. Jesus says now, I want you to do the same. I want you to wash each other's feet. And you know, it's an interesting thing. In, in, uh, when I was in seminary, I had to lead a service for Monday Thursday that included a washing of the feet. And I did one time in the parish. But you know, this is not something that many churches, that many Christians that really understand, really want to partake in. And some wonder, is it something this, is this a command from Jesus that we engage in washing of the feet? Or is it something much deeper? Does it point to something that we do? Because he says to us, you must do this. This is a sign of love that you do this for one another. Now, what does this mean? How does this work? Are there examples in Scripture that show us what Jesus meant by washing each other's feet? This last summer for our vacation Bible school, one of we, we um, focused in on some uh, New Testament books for the children to kind of help them to understand how Jesus works, how, how Jesus works in our lives. And you know, one of the um, passages that I selected was Philemon. It's the shortest of Paul's letter. You can probably read it in five minutes or less. 
And yet, it is a very powerful, powerful letter. And I think illustrates so beautifully what it means to wash each other's feet. Philemon, it's a very short, but it's, it, tells, it tells a story. It, it's about a man whose name is Philemon, and he's a very wealthy man. And Paul, he's come across Paul in one of his missionary journeys, and Paul has preached to him, and Jesus, Jesus, that word of God cleaned Philemon. Philemon, and, and he became a Christian, and he received the Holy Spirit, and he was so grateful, and the Holy Spirit used him to establish this church. So people would come, and they would uh, meet in his church, and most of the people that came to meet were not people uh, in, his, in his house, were not people that he was used to socializing with. They certainly weren't his peers. They were mostly the poor in town and maybe even slaves. Yet what Philemon did was to humble himself and to let these people, these Christians that had heard God's word and Jesus through that word called them into a saving relationship. Baptized, they were baptized. They received the Holy Spirit. And Philemon humbled himself, and he opened his house to all of these people. And not only did he open his house, but Paul reports in his letter to, to him, he says, I'm just so overjoyed by, not only do you let us meet in your house, but you're helping people. You're you're, you're, you're extending your brotherly love to them. You're helping the widows. You're, you're helping the children. You're helping the orphans. You're doing these amazing things. There's this great humility. And you, Philemon, are washing their feet. You're extending them hospitality. Now, Philemon had a slave, and his name was Onesimus. Now, Onesimus is a Greek word that finds its root in useful. So if you were Onesimus, you were a good man, and that you were useful, that you were apt at, at some tasks, and that you could perform them with great skill. And so um, you would think, if you have that name, that in fact you would be useful. But apparently, Onesimus did not live up to his name. He was quite useless. In fact, he ran away. And he ran right into another town. He was spotted as a runaway slave and arrested. And when he was in jail, he met the Apostle Paul. And the two of them struck up a friendship. And the friendship turned into 
a relationship in Jesus Christ. That Paul baptized Onesimus. That Onesimus became one of his disciples, a disciple of Paul. And he learned about Jesus and he grew in his faith. And Paul was amazed at how the Holy Spirit worked in him. That he became one of the one of the people that Paul used in his ministry. He became very useful to him. And so after he had been trained by Paul and was ready now to go into ministry with Paul, there was something that had to be taken care of. Onesimus' feet were filthy. He belonged to Philemon. He was his property. He had run away. Not only had he run away, but when he was with Philemon, he became, he was not a model servant. He was useless. And you know, under the law of the day, Philemon could do anything to Onesimus. It would be a scary thing to go back to your master knowing that the master could do almost anything to you. But Paul said, no, we have to make this right. You have to go back to Philemon. And he wrote him a letter and he asked Philemon to wash Onesimus' feet. He asked him to forgive Onesimus for running away. He asked him to forgive Onesimus because he was a horrible, useless servant. And Paul told Philemon in the letter how useful he had become and in fact said, you know, I'm sending him back to you and if you want to keep him, you can because he will be very useful to you. He is a changed man. He is a transformed man. He will do what you tell him and he will be very useful to you. But I want you to humble yourself and I want you to wash my feet too. I need him. I need you to humble yourself. I need you to let go of Onesimus, to set him free so that he can come and minister with me because Paul believed that God had put a call on Onesimus' heart, a call to ministry, a call to spreading the gospel. Paul and Onesimus asked Philemon to humble himself, to set him free, to make him a free man, to make him not only a free man, but, a, but to accept him as a brother in Christ and let him go. And so Onesimus went back to Philemon, and we may wonder, did Philemon do that? Well, I don't think the letter would be around if he didn't. 
I believe that the Holy Spirit touched Philemon and gave him the grace to humble himself, to forgive, and to set Onesimus free. You know, it's interesting. Here we are at a time in history where we're separated. We can't be together. And this is a time to think about, you know, when we were together and how we are as a family of God at Grace Lutheran and in every church. And we have to think about who are the people whose feet are dirty. And we made them dirty. That we owe them. Or maybe there's people who have made our feet dirty that owe, that they owe us. Maybe this is a time to remember, for Paul to say to us today, remember what Jesus did for you. Remember that he not only washed your dirty feet, but he washed your soul. That you're joined to him in his death because you're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You're joined to him in the resurrection. And maybe when we're together again, we can wash one another's feet, we can set one another free, not because we deserve it, but because it's an act of love because it's an, it reflects the love that Jesus has shown to us. And maybe this is a great image for us to have, is when we're feeling like Philemon, when we're feeling that we've been wronged, when we're feeling that we are owed that we look down and we imagine Jesus washing our feet, cleaning us, loving us, and saying, no, do it. Do it to that person because you love me and you will love them. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for our Lord Jesus. We give you thanks that he gives us the grace to forgive, the grace to wash others' feet. Make that a reality in the days, the weeks, and the years that come. All this we ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Our service continues with confession and absolution. And so I would 
um, I'm going to be reading the parts of the pastor and, and then also um, get, then give you the opportunity to repeat, to read the parts of the penitent. So we make, our be- or we make our beginning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In this Lenten season, we have heard our Lord's call to intensify our struggle against sin, death, and the devil, and all that keeps us from loving God and each other. This is the struggle to which we are committed at baptism. God's forgiveness and the power of His Spirit to amend our lives continue with us because of His love for us in Jesus, our Savior. Within the community of His church, God never wearies of giving peace and new life. In the words of absolution, we receive forgiveness as from God Himself. This absolution we should not doubt, but firmly believe that thereby our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. For it comes to us in the name of and by the commandment of our, our, our Lord. We who receive God's love in Jesus Christ are called to love one another, to be the servants to each other as Jesus became our servant. It is, however, in Holy Communion that members of um, Christ's body participate most intimately in His love. Remembering our Lord's Last Supper with His disciples, we eat the bread and share the cup of His meal. Together we receive the Lord's gift of Himself and participate in the new covenant that makes Him one with us. The Eucharist is the promise of the great banquet we shall share with all the faithful when the Lord returns, the culmination of our reconciliation with God and each other. Father of all mercies and God of all consolation, come to the aid of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may attend to your word, confess our sins, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Redeemer. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a troubled and penitent sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities with which I have offended you and for which I justly deserve punishment. But I am sorry for them and repent of them and pray for your boundless mercy. For the sake of the suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Forgive my sins. Give me your Holy Spirit for the amendment of my sinful life. And bring me to everlasting life. Amen. Receive the good news of the gospel. Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for us and for His sake forgives us all our sins. Through His Holy Spirit, He cleanses us and gives us power to proclaim the mighty deeds of God who called us out of darkness into the splendor of His light. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by His authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the very name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please confess with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. 
the faith in which we are baptized. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father God, we give you thanks for our Lord Jesus. We give you thanks for his humility, that he humbled himself. He became a servant, a slave, died on the cross for our sins. He was stuck on the cross so we could be set free. He escaped the grave so that death would not have power over us. Lord God, we can't, we, we, we just adore you, praise you, love you for what you have done for us. Lord God, we humbly ask that you would make us humble servants, that we would show our love for one another so that the world would know that we are Christians because of how we love one another. Help us to set one another free. Wash one another's feet and love one another deeply. Father God, we give you thanks for our nation and for our leaders. Give them the wisdom that they need in these dark times. Let them bring light to our communities and health and wholeness of people and our nation. Lord, that which is idle because of this pandemic, that it would come to life again and produce and that our people would be able to come out of their homes and that we would all be able to live together again. And Lord, help us to live together in a different way, coming to understand, to, cl to cling to what now we have learned about what is so important is life. life and being together and working together and loving one another and walking together and speaking with one voice. And so, Lord, let that reign in our nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for your holy Christian church, Lord. Help us to be, to be good stewards of your word, of the means of grace. Help us to, to love one another so that people people would see Jesus in us and the way we are to one another so that your kingdom on earth would grow and that we would grow in grace and faith and in our relationship with you, Holy Father, our Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, we pray for all of those that are suffering in hospitals, that are recovering at home, that are receiving treatments. Lord, we, we focus now on people with COVID-19, but there are many other that others that continue to be sick in mind, body, and soul. We lift them up. We lift everyone up, and we beg you to, the he to heal them in accordance with your will. We lift up those that mourn in this time. When there is separation, when people can't be with others that are, that are breathing their last. And they can't have funerals. They can't have services. They must grieve in isolation. Jesus, they can't hug others. But you can hug them. You can put your arms around them. You can give them the consolation that they need. Lord, give them that consolation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we, we lift up all the countries in the world, especially countries that don't have all the resources that we have. Show yourself to be a helper of the needy and those that are in distress and sick in those nations. Use us, mobilize us so that we can help. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting that you answer our prayers and that though we are in darkness, yet we will be in the light, yet we will praise you for how you have brought us through, Holy Father. Jesus, remember us in your kingdom. And you taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This part of the service is when we strip the altar. It reminds us that tomorrow, or on Good Friday, is, the, is when Jesus is stripped and he's, he's laid bare. And so, um, in preparation for that, we will strip the altar of all that um, is beautiful, the paraments and um, just all of the, the furnishings that we have in preparation for Good Friday. And I will do this as we hear Psalm 22 being chanted. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And are so far from my cry and the words of my distress. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not answer. By night as well, but I find no rest. Yet you are the Holy, Holy One, enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Our forefathers put their trust in you. 
They trusted and you delivered them. They cried out to you and were delivered. They trusted you and were not put to shame. But as for me, I'm a worm and no man, scorned by all and despised by the people. All who see me laugh me to scorn. They curl their lips and wag their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him if he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me out of the womb and kept me safe upon my mother's breast. I have been entrusted to you ever since I was born. You were my God when I was still in my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many young bulls encircle me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their jaws at me, like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint. My heart within my breast is melting wax. My mouth is dried out like a potsherd, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth, and you have laid me in the dust of the grave. Packs of dogs close me in, and gangs of evildoers circle around me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. They cast lots for my clothing. Be not far away, O Lord. You are my strength. Hasten to help me. Save me from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, my wretched body from horns of wild bulls. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Praise the Lord, you that fear him. Stand in awe of him, O offspring of Israel. All you of Jacob's line give glory. For he does not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty. Neither does he hide his face from them. But when they cry to him, he hears them. My praise is of him in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the presence of those who worship him. 
the poor shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek the Lord shall praise him. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall bow before him. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. To him alone all who sleep in the earth bow down in worship. All who go down to the dust fall before him. My soul shall live for him. My descendants shall serve him. They shall be known as the Lord's forever. They shall come and make known to all people yet unborn the saving deeds that he has done. <laughs>